Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Adrian Hernandez and Brandon Deutsch. So Adrian, I've seen you a lot this weekend, but I will ask you, my friend, how are you doing? I'm feeling like a young Carrie Kittles, for those that know, know. Uh, look, a lot of steps this weekend. You know, my Samsung Health app was letting me know we definitely cracked those 10,000 steps walking up and down the strip as the basketball craziness kind of winded down this weekend here in Las Vegas to a certain degree. Um, but look, the WNB All-Star, and I know we're going to get into it. It was amazing. Uh, it was incredible. Um, I kind of felt bad that I didn't network as much because, like, that's really what Summer League's about. Let's be clear. The people that come down here use the expense of the places that they work with, and they schmooze. They don't really care about the basketball. But being my first time, that's what I was focused on. Um, But all in all, as Summer League wrapped up and WNBA All-Star Weekend was here, uh, it was fantastic. It was a blessing. I was so glad I was able to provide some coverage here with the Sporting Tribune. Um, And I'm feeling good. Tired, but good. Brandon, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I just uh, yesterday witnessed, uh, you know, two days ago, the Angels had a huge comeback. And yesterday witnessed them, you know, the reverse happening to them on Kyle Tucker home run and a game winning catch. Just wild situations happening to the Angels. And then Buster only is interviewing the manager, Phil Nevin, in the middle of the inning of the game, asking him <laughs> if his best player is going to get traded. Uh, look, I mean, but we all kind of know that's the... That's the talk of the talk, but that seems a little unprofessional to me to have Buster only be down there in the middle of the inning asking the manager whether Otani's going to get traded. Of course, Nevin doesn't know whether he's going to get traded. He's not the GM, first off, and he probably doesn't want him to be traded since that's the only guy that's really uh, keeping them uh, somewhat afloat in these games. It's great television, though, man. Right? It's great. It is, it is, but I don't, I think I, I'm against it. I'm against it. It's awkward. I'm more old school when it comes to that stuff. I think the mic'd up, uh, the players is fine, but I think just interviewing the, you it's know, the fine. Uh, It's amazing. And, it's amazing. They focus on the game, though, bro. Well, well, obviously, they only do it for the All-Star game, like, because the players' union, like, they'll refuse to do it during the no, game. No, they do it on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, they, and that's part of it. Well, I'm saying, like, in the All-Star game this year, I think it was the first well, year we fine. actually heard. We heard when it was the pitcher and the hitter, like, at the same yeah. time. That was kind of crazy. Or when it was Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and their center and first base. So they were, like, actually having real conversations. But I will say, like, baseball is the one that's notorious of, like, not only will sometimes they'll just trade and it'll be like the two teams are facing each other, so they just go locker room to locker room, but it's notorious for making the trades while the games are going on. I'll never forget when Yasiel Puig got traded from the Reds to the Guardians and Yasiel Puig was involved in a fight with the Reds, so they were like, hold on a second, because the league might suspend them, and hold on, how is this going to affect the trade? So, I mean, <laughs> it is awkward. It definitely is, but for baseball, you're kind of going to need to eat that because that drama and that suspension 
suspense is bringing attention that normally they wouldn't have. So I'm down for it. Shout out to Buster Olney. So what are well, what are you hearing, Brandon? Again, I, I, according to reports, Marty um, Moreno did talk to Shohei Otani. Again, Moreno notoriously doesn't talk to the media. Shohei's not going to say what they talked about. So I, I, I really don't even know what kind of uh, rumors or reports we may hear. But what does your gut tell you in terms of that conversation? Again, to Moreno's credit, Mike Trout stayed here. You know, I, I, I think a lot of people thought when they didn't have the postseason success that they should have, that he would have left. Well, they paid him top dollar. And listen, at the end of the day, you live a very comfortable life. Now, these guys want to win, clearly, of course. And again, I think that they come back thinking that the team's going to put together a team that will help them win. But at the end of the day, you're living by the beach. You're, you're living in... Uh, I don't know exactly where they live, but like Irvine or Newport Beach or somewhere like that. And um, it's a very good life. And they will pay him upwards of $600 million. So at the end of the day, I don't think that they trade him. What do you think that they do? Yeah, my gut, look, uh, it's it's a different story every day. I think we all know that. The Angels could have been within four games of the wild card position if they had won yesterday against the Astros, which would have, by the way, been, I believe, their first, uh, you have to fact check me on this, but their first series win against the Astros in at least a year or two. Um, they've never, historically, over the past few years, after the tanking stuff and the Astros became a juggernaut, um, you know, they haven't beaten them in a few years in a series. But uh, there were a lot of positives, too. Uh, this is a weird team. The Angels are a much better team than 46 and 48. Uh, their OPS shows it. Their hitting stats show it. Uh, their pitching hasn't been good, but that'll revert, uh, revert to the norm, to the mean a little bit. They'll pitch better. They'll probably hit, hit not as well. I still think at this point, even with that loss, they're entering the Yankees series, um, which begins tonight. And if they win two out of three, it's going to be the same conversation, Arash. It's going to be like, we're going to try and make the playoffs for five or six or four games out, whatever it is, within a couple of days, if they take a few against the Yankees, who have been struggling immensely, by the way. And that's the team who's in that last wild card spot with the Blue Jays. Um, I mean, there's a lot of big series ahead. I think we're not going to get a definitive answer if the Angels keep you know, splitting games or getting close to winning big games like Sunday night. Uh, I, again, we, the Blue Jays are at the end of the month. Arash, that's a team that's ahead of them as well. Things could go different. There's a variety of directions the Angels' uh, season could go. I mean, obviously, it took a big hit Sunday night. It could take a big hit against the Yankees. Or they could sweep the Yankees. They've been yeah. playing better baseball the past few days, and all of a sudden, they're back in the race. I think overall, to answer your question, he's not going to trade Shohei Otani. I yeah. think he's going to try and work out a contract extension with him, Artie Moreno, in the offseason. I think so, too. I I think at the end of the day, you, you can't trade a generational talent like that. you got to believe that you can find a way to keep him, and I don't know if they can, but I, I don't think that they want to trade him. So, Adrian, today wraps up what was an amazing, I guess, 10-day period in uh, Las Vegas, the center of the basketball world. Champion, uh, championship game for the Summer League, Houston and Cleveland. The Lakers and the Clippers were wrapped up their uh, Summer League stint last night. Um, 
But again, we were at the WNBA All-Star Game. And again, not that I'm bummed that the game will be in Phoenix next year. And I get that they have to spread the love. But I really think, and I, I tweeted this a year ago, and I, I don't want to name drop, but I'll name drop. LeBron James quote tweeted me because I had this idea that you should always have the WNBA All-Star Game during Summer League. And LeBron said, that's a great idea. And I said, well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. So... I think it's great. I think it was great. As we thought it was a who's who. It was, you know, KD. It was Anthony Davis. It was uh, DeMar DeRozan. It was Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, Gabby you Union, down, right? Kelani. I mean, you, you're not going to get that in Phoenix. And I, and I only say that because, again, a lot of these players are at the summer league and then they, like, kind of walk over or they, you know, they, they, they come over to the game. I thought it was a fantastic week. I know we're a little bit biased, uh, but and you asked a great question, which, which we'll hear some of the responses in the next segment. I, I just Vegas is a great host city, and I think that's why the league likes having these big events here. You went to a lot of these events. I mean, again, hard to be impartial, but I think all, all the players will agree. A fantastic weekend. Well, look, as the WNBA grows and every year it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I just it was cool to me to like you can look at the aces and you can look at the stars and not just Candace Parker, but some of the homegrown talent and the way things have just elevated from the aces players having to do morning show radio, waking up at 5 a.m. to go to each radio station here locally to try to talk about the team and try to get ticket sales to now Kelsey Plum being on cold as a word I can't say on the radio, uh, Kevin yeah. Hart's famous show that's on YouTube, and Asia Wilson being on actual Ruffles bags across the country and in the commercial with Jason Tatum and LeBron and see the growth of them and that transferring over to the team and obviously they win the championship. They do the parade, which, by the way, that parade on Bellagio, um, in front of the Bellagio Waters, was just supposed to be one side of the street. So many people showed up, they had to actually close off the entire block. And then leading into this year, which with the All-Star game, with Team Wilson having four aces and Team Wilson losing the All-Star game, that's the first loss that the aces have had yeah, all right. season at home. Like, yeah. But not only the success, but just... There's been Tuesday night games at 7 p.m. Uh, Saturday at noon, like whatever time frame these games are at, they're having repeat sellouts. And it's not just against the Liberty or so against some of these higher-end teams. No, it's because it's the Aces. So to me, it was cool to see this culmination of the momentum that this team is the success that they've had and what they're trying to do is they're trying to repeat for the first time in 20 years. And then also another thing is, as a person that's covered the team, even the finals didn't have as much media attention, which I'm going to admit, I was kind of a little bit Saudi. My spot was taken by some people yeah. that are only going to be here for that weekend. But that's what happens when Good Morning America, GQ, yeah. Forbes, even some sports entities that aren't, that weren't at the finals last year did show up for the all-star game. And of course, every team was there because they were, they were there for their player that was in the all-star game. So it was just, it was great. Some of the, there was still some very weird decisions. Um, case in point, the skills challenge being Friday at 4 PM Eastern, 1 PM here. What was Sabrina the reasoning for that? What was the reasoning for that? Was, I don't know. If, I don't know if it was the television. I don't yeah. know because I don't, I believe, well, I know Summer League, well, obviously Summer League's still going on. I don't know what was on TV Friday night 
on That's ESPN. Yeah. Because next week, as we 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 talk to um. We talked to our guy from Slamball. ESP, ESPN's Friday is pretty much open now. So I yeah. don't know if it had something to do with or was mu- – I think it was because of the All-Star game or something like that, something with the MLB where they have to show the celebrity game and all that and actually broadcast it on ESPN. But one of those things unfortunately led it to have to be in the afternoon, which it was cool to see on Twitter, people being like, yo, Sabrina well, just did something ridiculous and why isn't this on TV? Yeah, I mean, when when Sabrina does something that, again, when when you talk about parallels, a three-point shot is a three-point shot. In the history of the three-point contest, no one, no one did what Sabrina did. And so it would have been nice if that was like a a primetime telecast. Listen, I think these are baby steps, right? The game last year in Chicago, I forget forget exactly, but I I think it was like a 10 a.m., uh, tip off here in uh, the West Coast. It was a it was an early start, very early start in Chicago, and I think that weekend there was a lot of pushback about uh, fans not being able to go to events or, or something. I mean, there was a lot happening there. Okay, so I think they corrected that, right? Yeah, they and, did. So yeah. the skills challenge and everything last year was yeah. actually the the arena where this where the the Chicago Sky play was booked for a concert so they I had to see. do the skills challenge at a gym in which there was a top tier like all the high school and middle school girls programs were there because of the all-star game they had to move them out so that they could do the skills challenge it was only media and it was That's just a terrible. weird yeah. it was the WNBA doing what the WNBA does and not to cut you off the other thing that was weird was because this was on ABC on Saturday night Kaylani does the halftime show and in the middle of her song they just cut to break like oh, that doesn't make any sense you're not supposed to do that on radio on TV like either show the performance or don't but in the middle of the song people thought their TVs were broke or like what happened yeah. it's like these little things that as the league talks about expansion, it's like make sure your home is good before you want to install the pool in the backyard type deal, yeah. in my opinion. Well, 100%. Uh, the other thing that improved was the MVP trophy. Again, uh, hilariously, Kelsey Plum <laughs> made fun of uh, the uh, little trophy she got a year ago. Very nice looking trophy this year. So it's baby steps. Uh, but yeah, listen, I mean, give them their moment to shine. Make sure that skills competition is on a primetime slot, you know, hopefully. Again, they, they they did such a good job that I thought, and again, we're, we're both fans of pro wrestling. Uh, having the future stars sit courtside reminded me when the black and gold brand would, would bring on someone new and you'd see them ringside at a big pay-per-view being like, oh my God, I can't wait for Shinsuke Nakamura to make his debut. Like, there is such an interest now in the college game, which which has an amazing domino effect. So now you're going to watch women's college basketball. That means you're going to be invested in these players. That means you're going to watch the draft. That means you're going to want to know where they go. And you will likely be famous of the team that uh, that your favorite college player gets drafted to. So I, I think generally they've done a fantastic job. No, I I mean I can't I can't argue with that. They there's still there's plenty to improve upon. Um, and another thing too is and I do see the side and I think we've talked about it. I do understand certain perspectives being like let's get away from the NBA so we can put a spotlight on the WNBA. Um, and kind of some of their players where, for instance, 
some fans kind of get annoyed that every time an NBA player shows up, no matter if it's LeBron or Patrick Beverly, like they stop the show, they show them on TV, like blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. When the WNBA players are at as many NBA games as like vice versa, and they ain't showing unless it's Asia Wilson that they're at the game. So they kind of want, they kind of want the support on their own, which I do, I do understand. Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like at some point you kind of want the whole cake one time instead of having to share it. Well, to use a pro wrestling term, the, the, the rub still means something. And I don't want to discount like the the biggest name. I, like, like, listen, is, as you know, the, some, some of the biggest names are in Las Vegas. So if Candace Parker is courtside at a game, they're going to show her. Whether you want to look at her social following or whatever, Candace Parker would, would be the first to tell you she's not in the same celebrity sphere as a LeBron James. So when the LeBron James shows the courtside, yeah, like that is a big deal. And that's okay to say that when LeBron James shows up to anything, it's a big deal. And so the next part about this is when they invest. So in the new CBA, the really cool thing is you're going to see a lot of these players invest in the teams. And that means they're going to be showing up courtside. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, it doesn't mean that the game, I mean, these guys, Game recognized game. So when KD is courtside, LeBron is courtside, and you go down the list, if the best players are there supporting them, that's fantastic. By the way, I can tell you, there's a lot of other women's leagues out there that wish the men did that. The uh, the soccer league, um, hockey league, like WSL, they, yeah, like NWSL, wish they got that support and and. For whatever reason, sometimes they don't. I, I don't know why. I think it's fantastic. I do want to add one more thing, too. Over the weekend, big news that dropped in terms of the WNBA spear is Dwayne Wade, hometown, becoming a part owner of the Chicago Sky. And he yeah. kind of said it best. Um, he said, hey, we all show up to games. We all say we love basketball. And we, you know, we show up and when we try to support through our words and stuff, but at a certain point, you got to put your money where your mouth is. And that's exactly what he did. Cause I'm going to be honest, you brought up Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin loves another guy. Like when I see some of these NBA players, like invest in things like pickleball before the WNBA, like to me, that makes me sick. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't like yeah. that, man, you got to support the game and you know that they need help. Well, to be honest, like, like I think investment opportunities come to you, and I don't know how these yeah, investment opportunities. Yeah, so like, I think, I think the KD the, the, loves the game. He knows everything. No, no, I, 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 yeah. No, so I mean, I, I, I think you'll see more and more players invest. I think pickleball. I mean, this is totally different. They, they've, they've done a very good job of going out and and saying we need Kevin Durant. I think you're right. You brought up a very interesting point. I think some some teams are feeling we don't need KD. Like we're popular, like on our own, which is fine. Yes, but um, it's okay to have KD invest. And I, I think you'll you'll see more and more um, current players. By the way, not not just retired players. I think you'll see more and more current players invest. Brandon, we have only two minutes left. Again, the Lakers and Clippers will not be in the Summer League Championship tonight. Big stories for the Lakers, however. Max Christie, I, I think he did what uh, What if you are the Darvin Ham, that you got what you wanted to see. I mean, this guy will be a big player, I think, on the team. Yeah, I mean, he didn't play in the final Summer League game due to, a, due to you know a hip issue, whether that was probably precaution. I'm sure it's not 
uh, too bad. Uh, there wasn't much information about it, all that, although he was out with a hip issue. But he had already solidified himself as a guy who's going to come into camp and really make an impact. I think there's more expectations now after he averaged 19 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists over the course of the Vegas Summer League. Um, improved three-point shooting well over 40%, some extra shot creation, playmaking. This is a guy that, in his defense, which incrementally got better over the course of last year, this is a guy who can really help this team um, next season, even in year two at 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, again, that that's that's what you want to see in the summer league. You're, you're not worried about the wins and losses. You don't need these guys to be playing a ton. Uh, I, I saw, by the way, the championship rings that they have for the team that wins the summer league. I mean, I, I don't know who is going to be wearing those. I think I think it'll help you get into a club in Vegas. Cleveland. I think, I think uh, Cleveland in the house. We'll see what happens in this championship game tonight. But um, all right, so let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we we were we were all over the place uh, this All Star weekend. It was a lot of fun. We were on a red carpet. We were on. And an we orange kind, one, kind of on an orange one. We'll, we we won't complain about our placement on that carpet, but uh, we we were at a lot of carpets, and so we had a lot of fun. So when we come back, we'll tell you how that went. When we come back, right here on the Mightier Ten Ninety in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii Caller hotline 310-400-0340. By the way, this week, we'll have plenty of people on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. A lot of fun interviews lined up for you. But today, I wanted to get into someone that we're very familiar with here. And he, he um, I don't think he timed this to overshadow the WNBA All-Star Game. But the news did leak during the game. LeBron James will once again be changing his uniform number. He'll be going from number six back to his... Number 23, which, again, he's worn for the majority of his career. He wore six briefly uh, with the Heat, had a lot of success wearing number six with the Heat, and then also wore number six uh, the last couple of seasons with the Lakers. Again, the idea when uh, Anthony Davis joined the Lakers was that he was going to gift Davis the number 23. The number 23 is the number that Davis wore uh, during the beginning of his career with New Orleans. But... Uh, he was not allowed to, so he wore the number three and won a championship with that number. So he decided, listen, I'm going to keep that number. LeBron, however, decided to change it to number six. Long story short, number 23 returns. Good news for Lakers fans. The last time that LeBron James won a championship with the Lakers, he was wearing number 23. Last time he won a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. As Adrian knows, he was wearing the number 23. So Adrian, him going back to number 23 doesn't mean anything. Look, 
It doesn't mean anything. It means that Lakers fans that are down on their luck or financially tight can go to Lids or Fanatics <laughs> right now and get your sixth jersey that is on sale. You got to be aware of these things, so pick them up. <laughs> Probably 60% slashed. Who yeah. cares? I, it's 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 cool to see them in 23. It just It's it's very fitting. Um you know, it's just 23 and LeBron, 23 and Jordan. Like, it's just – it's it's how things should be. Um, and really, it's just like an excuse for Nike to just sell some more jerseys. I don't I don't read too much more into it. Um, also, uh, you know, he was here this weekend. He didn't go to the WNBA All-Star game. I was kind of mad about that. I was waiting for him because his son, Bryce, was in a huge high school tournament. Um, here ah. in Las Vegas, there was two. There was one in Cali and one in Vegas. But Bryce was over here balling, doing his thing. Um, but the twenty three, back to a back to regularly scheduled programming. And, and if you look throughout his career, maybe you know he's just he needs something to be motivated by. Maybe that twenty three will do it. I don't know. By the way, I, yeah. I I think so. Some some people said you know oh the, you know is he trying to get two numbers retired? Listen, there's there's no re- the number six is not going to get retired by the Lakers. Uh, he didn't do anything in the, the the numbers. Listen, he did break the scoring record, but again, the majority of those points were scored in Cleveland. Um, so the number twenty three, however, in my view, regardless of what he does, will be retired because he won a championship. With the Lakers in number 23, he was the finals MVP. He really led the franchise to a very difficult time period. So, uh, in, in my view, there's, there's, there's no – well, yeah, well, but there's no doubt number 23 gets retired. Again, the the bar for the Lakers is if, you, if you're in the Hall of Fame and – you know, Will Chamberlain played five years with the Lakers. LeBron will play more than that. Pau Gasol, for example, played seven. I think LeBron will play around that. Uh, so 23 is going to get retired. Brandon, your thoughts on LeBron changing numbers? I think it's great. I think it, um, I, you know, Adrian brings up a good point, sells more jerseys, but I think it, it signifies a point to the Lakers fan base and, you know, Laker Nation that this is the last chance. You know, it's the last, it's the last run. He won a championship in that jersey. Um, you know, he expects himself to be better next year than he was last year, especially from shooting threes. I mean, he was abysmal. He was like 24% single-handedly lost them a lot of games down the stretch by jacking up threes. But also, Adrian, I know you love LeBron. He also kept them in a lot of games that they shouldn't have been in because of his greatness. So uh, we'll we'll put both of those out there. I just understand basketball, but anyway. He wants wants to go back to what he was two years ago, which is, you know, 30 points per game efficient. And who knows if he can get there, but – I think what this mostly signifies is he wants this to be the year. This one's hanging in the Raptors. He wants to have two rings with the Lakers. By the way, I don't want to put that on my man, Adrian. I know it's probably, I don't know what the relationship is like. Uh, because, again, we had a very funny moment on the red carpet um, where uh, you got to talk to Jim Cray and you got to remind him that the decision, the decision happened on your birthday, right? No, it did. Um, and it was cool to see Jim Gray and be like, hey, man, thank you for the heartbreak. Um, for my birthday, that, uh, my family was like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Nothing. I want to wait till 8 p.m. to turn on ESPN and watch this show because there's no way. There's no yeah. way this guy's going to do this to us on TV with the world watching. Um, which Otani, by the way, he could do his own decision and probably be bigger because it'd be a worldwide event for him. Um, but yeah, it was cool to be like, hey, Jim, thanks for being a part of breaking my heart. Um, and then I could never wear a flannel with checkered board, like a font, like whatever you want to call it, patterns 
because of LeBron's red one, the red and white. Um, but yeah, shout out to Jim Gray, by the way. That was an interesting um, bit of a uh, bit of conversation, we'll call it, or lack thereof. But by the way, that really quick. Okay. No, I was just going to give out the plug. Let me just plug it real quick. Yeah. YouTube.com yeah. slash at Sporting Trib. So you can watch a lot of our content from WNBA All-Star Game and what you're about to say, good sir. Go ahead. Well, no, I thought it was funny because you had to go back home and uh, you're you're a grinder. No one grinds like you. So you, you were hard at work. I stayed for the premiere of Goliath, the Will Chamberlain film. And um, it was funny. So when... when the film was done. Uh, Jim Gray was on stage and um, talking to the producers of the film. And so, Jim, I, I didn't know this, by the way. And I, I think when you're on the carpet, you see certain people in the, and you don't know what their connection is. Jim had no real connection to the film. However, he, apparently he was very good friends with Will Chamberlain. So he's up on stage telling these like, Will Chamberlain stories. And the producer said, uh, oh, we should have talked to you for the film. And Jim was like, I wasn't asked. It was so funny. It was very like like kind awkward. Like you know, because they had Jamel Hill there. They had I mean, in terms of the film, you know, Jamel Hill talking about Will to Carrie Champion talking about Will. But like, I, I'm sure Jim Gray's watching this, going like, I actually knew the man. Um, so listen, yeah, go to YouTube uh, and and check out our our fun conversation because we uh, tried to. I uh, talked to Jim about the current state of sports media, and uh, he was just there to talk about Will Chamberlain, which is totally understandable. That's fine. Tracy McGrady as well. Uh, we talked. Oh, to, that's um, the best one. Tracy, Tracy uh, Glenn, Glenn Davis, Stephen Espinoza, who of course runs Showtime Sports, Showtime yeah. Boxing, gave us a little bit of insight oh, yeah. on Kim Kardashian and Tom Brady at the Fanatics Michael Rubin party. Uh, for, we got for the TMZ portion of the crowd. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll blast that out here um, to kick off your week with some content. But yeah, youtube.com slash at Sporting Trib. 32% last year from three, by the way, from LeBron, um, according to Basketball Reference. So not that good. No, no, no. He was, he was, he was struggling. By the way, that's why six like is a very forgettable number in Los Angeles. Six, by the way, will be retired with the Heat, there's no doubt about that. I mean, LeBron will get his number retired with three different teams because he brought a championship to three different teams. I think there's zero doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Do you know who the, the first player... Are. I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you know yeah. who the first person for the Heat... Um, Michael Jordan. For, for, it's the most ridiculous decision in pro sports history. <laughs> the dumbest freaking thing I've ever seen. So ridiculous. Nope. Before Alonzo Mourning, of course, before Dwayne, it's just, it was Michael Jordan's the first player for the Heat. I mean, he beat it, you guys, up. Like, I know he's Michael Jordan, and maybe, by the way, maybe just maybe we'll get to a point around the league where, uh, like, after he's passed, perhaps, where it's like a Jackie Robinson thing. Like, Bill Russell, the number six, by the way, is retired throughout the league, so no one will ever wear the six again for the Lakers. Why? Because it's retired throughout the league. Um, but for the Miami Heat, you know, the retire. I mean, it's up hanging in the rafters. It's so embarrassing. It's his Miami, it's his Chicago Bulls 23 uniform. It's really the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's right up there with Taylor Swift, by the way, but her banner got removed. So thankfully, Staples Center thought better of that. I, I Wait, don't know what? if you're familiar with. So, so Taylor Swift had the record for the most sold-out concerts in Staples Center history. And uh, they gifted her with a banner, which I viewed as a 
kind of cool one-time gesture. You unveil the banner, you fold it up, you gift it to her. Bro, this banner hung up there for years. And the biggest joke, as Brandon probably knows, is that the is that Taylor Swift had more championship banners at Staples than the Clippers did. Oh, well, Lord that joke is that joke doesn't work anymore because they thankfully removed the banner. But like it was this big How many shows was it, by the way? It's a great guy. It's like twenty something. It wasn't a crazy number. But I Taylor thought they Swift, almost gave no, Drake a banner too. Well, I'm saying because I know yeah. that Drake will, will see the problem with Drake is that the past couple years, a lot of artists, if you're of that stature where you're selling out multiple, they'll do four shows at Staples, three yeah. at, at the Forum, or vice versa, whatever it is. Then they won't just do it at Staples. So twenty in a so she did like a month just at Staples Center and no, no 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 it's not it. no it was it wasn't twenty in a row but I mean she sold out she was probably more than twenty total. But, like, whenever she performed at Staples Center, it was literally the hardest ticket to get. Like, in any event, I mean, it whether it's NBA Finals. Oh, oh, yeah. And at the stadium tour. I, well, I was she, on the, yeah. the trolley, and, like, people from the West Coast kind of picked Vegas because it was the easiest place to come to to see. Yeah, I mean, so she was supposed to be the first event at SoFi Stadium. Pandemic hits, obviously, so that, that didn't happen. But she's performing in august I, I forget how many shows four five six or whatever i mean they're all sold out all ridiculously hard to get tickets to so um you know good for taylor but yeah listen no no need for a banner guys no no need for a banner no need for michael jordan uh to get his jersey retired by the way so that's that that, that was an interesting thing where the the league said not only is the number six going to be retired throughout the league for bill russell the number six is going to be on your jersey uh, on the court and my only Thing as uh, you know, someone who supports the Lakers is just don't big put this big green patch on the Lakers, a big green patch on the court. They didn't; it was very respectful. But listen, at the end of the day, there's still a rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics, so there was no need to have anything crazy like that. Um, by the way, so Adrian, uh, uh, Vegas is going to be the center of the, uh, you know, it was just the center of the basketball world. Uh, this week, it'll be the center of the college football world. Mountain West uh, Conference is having their media days at Circa, and the Pac-12, which I'm very excited for, the Pac-12 will have their media day on Friday, and we're going to be up for that at Resorts World. So we'll see Caleb Williams, Lane Riley, and Brandon predicted this a year ago, and so I, I, I want to get his thoughts on this. Um, he said, listen, they're, they're going to be much improved last season. He felt that the defense was going to let them down. I, I didn't think that they would give up over 500 yards, but that, they, they, they were really bad. He did, however, think that they could make a run for it all this year. I think that they can last year in the Pac-12 before they move to the Big Ten. Brandon, your thoughts on USC coming into this big season? Yeah, um, I'll keep it brief. I think everybody knows it. Uh, the Trojan family, uh, Lincoln Riley, everybody in that in, on that team knows that this is the year before the Big Ten. They need to make a statement. At minimum, they need to be in the college football playoff, in my opinion. At minimum, with the expectations, having the best football player in the country back, them being just a game away last year, an injury away possibly, you know, with the Caleb injury there, um, a possession away if you add in the Utah game. I, this is the year. I think they can for sure win. I mean, Georgia, we don't know who's playing quarterback for them quite yet, but I mean, they're obviously going to be good. Alabama, they don't have Bryce Young anymore, but we know they'll be good. Clemson has a quarterback, Kate Klubnick, um, and Ohio State and Michigan are going to be good. Other than those five teams, 
you're looking at SC as the team that's like, wow, this is this this is a year they could actually win it all. It's a more wide open year in college football than it's been in a long time, in my opinion. I think this is the year they should do it. It'll be good. And, It'll be good. And with this being my first uh, media day for an, an entire conference, you know what I'm saying? Please, let, let's go behind the scenes. This is what we do at the Sporting Tribune, you know what I'm saying? It's not that we get the access. It's that we take you with us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So walk me through this. Like, what should I expect to see? Who do we get to talk to? Like, what well, what's usually the plan? So for the uh, Pac-12 Media Day, they will bring out for each team, uh, they will bring out the head coach, the top offensive player, and top defensive player. Uh, they've announced that already, I believe. Uh, but obviously, clearly for USC, it'll be Lincoln Ryland. Caleb Williams will be the stars of the show. And then if you have a radio show like we do, They'll give us a table where hopefully that guy's come, you know, in a chat with us. Uh, the media will also give out their poll, their preseason poll for how they think the Pac-12 will come. A lot of teams use that as motivation. I don't think USC will have to. I think obviously they'll be predicted to, to, to finish atop the conference. It'll be a very unique um, media day in this respect. Last season in the Pac-12 for USC and for UCLA, that's official. There is also a feeling that uh, the Big Ten is not looks. Gonna, Well, they're not going to stop there, though, that, 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 that the Big Ten maybe wants to bring over at least two more teams, which would obviously help out USC and UCLA logistically. It'd be good if they, they don't have to travel for, like, every conference game to Nebraska and uh, Penn State and Ohio and State and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if they help them out and bring over a couple of more teams. The question is, what does the Pac-12 look like moving forward? Uh, that's the, the interesting thing about the Mountain West Conference having their media day be basically the day before. I mean, theirs, for whatever reason, is two days, and they're, they're at Circa, um, is that the Pac-12 will probably have to look at the Mountain West in terms of, okay, like if we're still going to be a, a big conference, what teams do we want to poach is San Diego State one of those teams? San Diego State just had a very uncomfortable situation where they effectively told the Mountain West, like, uh, we're moving on. And the Pac-12 is like, uh, not too fast there. And so, uh, you know, th that, that media day for me is just as intriguing for which teams look, on, look, look to move on. UNLV, it's very surprising to me um, that they are not a more of a hot commodity. And I say that because, again, they're A, in Las Vegas, which is the hottest sports town. And they have the look in the football team is not good yet. We'll see. They have a new coach in place. But they play at Allegiant Stadium. So you have the facilities in place. You're in this great city. I, I don't know how if you're the Pac-12 and you're searching for a lifeline that you don't call up UNLV and say, hey, like, let's plant our flag here. I do think we need to bring on Steve Carp at some point this week before all oh, Carpy specifically loves for that. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 been in the middle of of kind of the UNLV situation as it pertains yeah. to not only Mountain West and the Pac-12. And to me, uh, with the Pac-12, it's kind of interesting because not only um, like is this the final year for USC UCLA, we may be talking about one of the final Pac-12s because we don't know what's happening in college football. It's the wild, wild west everywhere, and everything's disintegrating, and people going left and right, this, that, and the third. Um, and if you ain't got a TV contract, you might as well not even be a conference because um, that's all that matters, um, and they're still trying to figure out all that stuff. So uh, it, it's uh, – I'm interested to see what the vibe is. You know what I'm saying? Because it's kind of USC and UCLA are – they're the rich kids at school that everyone knows is going to the fancy summer camp 
while the rest yeah, of the yeah, conference yeah. is looking at him like, hmm. So, okay, we'll see. in our last three minutes, and if you have to pull up the uh, teams in the Mountain West, if the Pac 12 only loses two teams and you have to poach two teams from the Mountain West, who would they be? Last two and a half minutes. I'll go first. I think I told you who I think or who I think that they should go after. San Diego State, A, you, you get a team in Southern California, very close to Mexico, which I think a lot of these leagues want to do. They want to not just be big in the U.S., they want to grow. San Diego State and UNLV, those are the two teams I would poach. Brandon, if you had to poach two teams, which ones would they be? Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with those two, Arash. I mean, obviously, both of those teams have some uh, – you know, they're, they're attractive, UNLV specifically being in Vegas with everything that's going on. And, of course, San Diego State being close to Mexico. I think Fresno State's another team they're going to look at. Yeah. I don't think that, that ends up being the team, but that's a team that's had success and has shown to contend really against better teams. USC, they played well against last year. So I think it is it ends up being the two teams you said, though, Rush, if they had to do it. I do what want to say you, also before we get out of here, Brandon, you also are very attractive. Uh, oh, there we <laughs> go. Oh, I appreciate it. There we go. Thank you, my, my man. Opinion. You as well. Oh, all you guys, hey. my beautiful people. Hey. <laughs> before, also, By before, the way, like, Adrian, you, you opened up a Pandora's box. And this, and we don't have enough time to get into it. <laughs> nobody, and I, you just, you are, are you kind of new to, to the show. Nobody can appreciate, um, the good Judy? looks of a male uh, uh, player. I mean, when, when I'm talking with Jimmy Garoppolo, when I'm talking about Jimmy oh Garoppolo, <laughs> when Brandon and we had a former uh, co-host of the show, and Brandon kind of went through, you know, top five best-looking players in the league. Uh, by the way, Brandon loves his girlfriend. Saquon, so, you know, that, yeah, oh but uh, yeah, we we'll we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> let, let me get to my two teams. Let me get to my two teams before I need my inhaler. Um, I'm going Boise. State because their field is blue. Okay, I like that. Simple. I like that. You know what I'm saying? And we got to get UNLV in here. Yeah. This is my sign-off. Everyone, happy Barbenheimer week two as well. I need to get that oh, yeah. before we get out of here. Yeah, listen. I mean, by the way, love Boise State. What an amazing – it's still the greatest college football game I've been to in my entire life. Fiesta Bowl, Boise State, Statue of Little Liberty play, hook and ladder play, proposal. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit